So um, we're, in, we're in part four uh, of, of the Holy Spirit. And um, I want to start today with a question for you. The question is, how many of you have ever received a gift that you did not know what to do with? Anybody ever got a gift and you're like, huh, thank you for the gesture. Uh, you know that phrase where it's like, it's the, it's, what is it? it? It's the thought that counts. That's, you only say that when you get a gift that you don't know what to do with. It's the thought that counts, you know. You get, somebody gives you a tie and it's just like, that does not match my thing. Or they give you a fragrance, a perfume, or a cologne. You're like, I'll never wear that. Thank you, though, for that. That's really great. My, my mother-in-law is a gift giver. She loves giving gifts. And so she gives gifts all the time. And last time she was here, she got me a gift. And, um, and uh, so I said, okay, that's nice. What is this? And she said, well, just open it up and check it out. So I said, okay, and don't show this yet. Don't show it. Because I, I, I opened up the gift, and it was a, it was a bobblehead of a, of a human being, a bobblehead person standing there, you know, wiggling like that. And uh, I was, like, looking at it going, okay, I don't, that's nice. It kind of looked like Mitt Romney. And I was like, well, that's, I don't know why I would get a bobblehead of Mitt Romney. And I go, so, okay, I get that, but what, what is the, uh, who is this? <laughs> what is the significance of the bobblehead here, Rita? And uh, she says, well, that's a customized bobblehead. That's you. And I was like, really? All right, you be the judge. This is the bobblehead that I received right there. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, please take that down and burn this video. I love you, Rita. Thank you for my bobblehead. Um, she's going to watch this. And I have a special place in the back of my wife's closet where I will enshrine that bobblehead for the rest of eternity. Amen. Uh, we, we, sometimes we receive gifts. We don't know what to do with them. Uh, I'm going to preach for, for a few minutes this morning on a topic called the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, let me define this term for you because depending on what your background is, your, your church background or your spiritual background, this may mean different things to different people. Uh, really, when the scripture talks about spiritual gifts, it's talking about the, the gifts. First of all, the, it's on, one, on one level, it's very simple. The gifts that God gives to his people in order for his people to serve one another well so that God may be glorified. So, so the gifts are, are gifts that God gives to his people for the purpose of building up his body in order that he might be glorified. So that's the simple definition of the spiritual gifts. And throughout the scripture, throughout you know, the, the epistles, we get different lists of different kinds of gifts that the Holy Spirit can give somebody in order to build up the body for the glory of God. So I've kind of I showed this slide last week, but you see a lot of the gifts throughout the scripture uh, and, and they are serving and teaching and exhortation and giving, healing and miracles, prophecy, discernment, tongues, interpretation. Next slide. Uh, leadership, mercy, wisdom, knowledge, faith, administration, evangelism. And that and that and it goes on throughout the scriptures. We see all different kinds of gifts described in the scriptures that God gives to people to build up the body for his glory. Now, the problem uh, that has arisen over the last hundred years or so is that different people have had totally different perspectives on the, 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 the reality of these gifts, 
the usefulness of these gifts, uh, how they are to be used, how they are to operate. And so there's so about the last hundred years or so, there's been a little bit of controversy in the church around not in our church. I'm just saying in the big church around the world around this topic. Right. So let me just do this. I'm going to take a little informal poll to kind of take your temperature on, on where you may have heard about the gifts or how many of you come from a more traditional sort of background like Catholic or Anglican or Lutheran or Presbyterian somewhere in that range. Okay. So you've had some experience in that arena. How many of you have been in part of like a, uh, maybe a Baptist or Methodist church background, that kind of thing. Okay. How many from have had some experience with like Pentecostal churches or charismatic type churches? Okay. You know, what's interesting. It's actually, you can't see, but I can see it's very evenly spread. Uh, we, we've all had different backgrounds and different experiences. And the reason that this issue, this this question about the gifts of the Holy Spirit uh, has been a bit of a controversy is that about 100 years ago, there was a there was a religious a spiritual event that took place in Los Angeles, California, where there was a big focus. It's called the Azusa Street Revival. And, and if you look at Christian history, you can kind of study about this where there was a big emphasis on the gifts of the spirit. And and there were people that were were experiencing kind of what they call um, uh, sign gifts. So there was healing and and tongues and and people prophesying and people experiencing all of these kinds of like very, um, very, you know, powerful spiritual experiences. And then they were talking about them and testifying about them to other people. Now, because there were people involved, how many of you know people are wildly imperfect in every possible way? Um, because there are people involved in any kind of a spiritual endeavor, there are going to be excesses. There are going to be things that are uh, too much, out of line, over the top, little crazy, little weird, and totally off the beaten path. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Anybody? Okay. So, so, so of course, because there are people involved, some of that stuff was happening. All right. So here, here's kind of a reality about, about human interaction. Wherever there's a, an action there's an equal and opposite reaction. You know what I mean? So when this crowd over here was saying, man, we're experiencing all of these crazy, wild, amazing, powerful experiences, another crowd started going, "Um, hold on, everybody. You guys are crazy, and we don't want anything to do with anything that you're doing. And basically, this crowd, some of this crowd, kind of went so far this way, they basically said, the power of the Holy Spirit is literally not... For us in any normative way. So the gifts of the spirit, that's all dead. You can't experience anything like that. That's not a reality. And so they basically came to this other end of the spectrum and said, you know, everything is closed. Everything's shut off. Everything's done. Are you with me still? So you, so basically you ended up with these two camps and on the edge of these two camps, there were extremes on both ends. One extreme was you know, on this end, the extreme was people that were just kind of going crazy and it was being disruptive and they were speaking in tongues everywhere and they were, have, you know, holy rolling and, and, you know, shouting and falling and all that kind of stuff. You guys, act, you guys are like so kind of nervous this morning, aren't you? Hey, wait, where is this going? But on the other hand, here was a group of people that basically said they just kind of shut it down. We don't want anything to do with anything that has to do with the power of the Holy Spirit. So then it became father, son, and the other guy that we don't really talk about. You know what I mean? The other dude the, uh, the, the, that we don't, we're not into him, right? And, and the reality is this is not a new phenomenon. This exact same thing happened about 20 years after Jesus had ascended in a, in a church called Corinth. It was a Greek church. It was a young church. And it was a church that had kind of blossomed right after uh, Jesus had died, buried, and, 
and, and resurrected and then ascended. And the exact same dynamic happened in the church of Corinth. And it basically caused a rift in the church where there were some people who were going crazy with the gifts of the spirit. And they were doing all kinds. Everybody had a tongue and everybody had an interpretation. Everybody had a revelation. Everybody had a psalm. And everybody wanted to share everything all at once. And, the, and it, was, it was chaotic and disorderly. And then another group of the Corinthian believers were like, you know, shut the faucet off. Turn this thing off. You guys are all nuts. And we need to stop this. And so they got together and they wrote a letter to the Apostle Paul. And they wrote this letter that said, hey, Apostle Paul. I mean, essentially, this is summarized. We don't have the letter, but we can, we can infer from his response what they said. What's up with the gifts of the Spirit? Thank you, the Corinthians. And then they sent that letter off. So he wrote a letter back. And today I want to spend a little time exploring his letter because it, it applies today just as powerfully as it applied in 52 AD. Because here's how he put it, and I love how he did it. He said this in 1 Corinthians. He said, now... About the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. If you have the King James Version, it says, I don't want you to be ignorant. Yeah, yeah, it's a little stronger. But uh, NIV kind of smooths that over. So uh, I don't want you to be uninformed. Now, a couple things I love about this. He starts off by saying, look, I know you guys are on different ends of the spectrum, but I'm going to call you brothers and sisters, all right? Because just because, just because there's differences doesn't mean there has to be divisiveness. Come on, somebody. Just, you know, and also, by the way, togetherness doesn't mean sameness. Are you with me? So he said, listen, brothers and sisters, we're, we're, first of all, we're family here, and you guys are seeing it over here, and you guys are doing it over here, but we're all family here, right? And then he says, I love how he says, I don't want you to be uninformed. That is a very gentle pastoral way of saying y'all have no idea what you're talking about all right i don't want you to be uninformed means you're uninformed so i'm getting ready to inform you then he says this he says there are different kinds of gifts but the same spirit distributes them and he says this there are different kinds of service but the same lord then he says this there are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. So, so notice what he's saying. He's not saying it's all sameness, and he's not saying it's all differentness, differences, right? He's saying that we are unified in diversity, and we are diverse in unity. Come on, somebody. He said, look, you, you might be experiencing something that that person's not experiencing. That doesn't mean that you are somehow spiritually superior or in any way, you know, you're getting something that, that is, is better than what they're getting. You're getting something that you're getting. They're getting something that they're getting. It's all from the same source. It's all from the same power. I'm distributing it the way I want to distribute it because we are unified in diversity. We're diverse in unity. My, my, we had a family reunion a while back. We had, and they had one of these big puzzles out on the table. This is like a weekend family reunion. And, 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 and what's interesting is that it was one of those 10,000 piece puzzles. So every once in a while when, you know, when you, you're, you know, your in-laws got, or not your in-laws, I already messed with my in-laws today. Um, your cousins got on your nerves. Um, not these cousins, so other cousins. Man, you got to be careful what you say around here. So 
you'd go over and put the puzzle together. And what was interesting is every single piece of the puzzle had a different cut, a different shape, a different texture, different look, different color. Every single piece was totally different. But it was actually the differences of the puzzle's pieces that allowed them to fit together in a way that when you finished the puzzle, formed a beautiful picture. You understand? So, so the reality is this. If every puzzle piece had the same shape or the same color, they wouldn't fit together and they wouldn't form an image. The image, by the way, was this peacock, which has nothing to do with anything, but it was really beautiful when we got done. But, but it required every single individual piece to fit together in order to experience and create the beautiful image. This is what the Apostle Paul is saying about the body of Christ. He's saying it actually takes all of you all folks who are different, cut differently, different experience, shaped differently, different look, different feel, and it actually requires you to be different so that you can fit together to form one image that I made. The creator is the same. The artist is the same. The puzzle pieces are different. Come on. Are you guys with me on this? So he's saying, I, I, I need you to... So th that's one of the things I love about our church. I just love it because we've got, we've got Pentecostals from Nigeria. We got Catholics from Clayton. We got Baptists from Brentwood. Come on, somebody. Lutherans from Ladue. I could keep going. We got, because we've got people that have all different experiences and different gifts, but who are understanding and, and beginning to recognize that we're actually brother and sister. And, and I'm not going to denigrate your gift and you're not going to denigrate my gift. And we're not going to put each other down or think we're in anybody superior to anybody else. We're actually going to work together to, 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 to develop and build up the body so that he may be glorified. This is, a, this, is a, this is a message not just for one family church. This is a message for the church. This is a message for the church around the world. Okay? So, so this is what he's saying. And then... The next thing he says is this, and I, and I love he, he, the way he does this. He says, he starts to give us our, 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 our marching orders. Because a lot of people think, well, okay, that's cool. That's not me. That's not me. Whatever that is, I'm not a part of that. Like, okay, good. I'm not going to judge you. you just, even if you're crazy, I'm not going to judge you, but I'm not, that's not me. Now to each one, he says, right? To all of us with false humility that say we don't have any gifts. To each one... The manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. All right. So what he's saying is this. Number one, you are gifted. You are gifted. You are saying, I am gifted. The Holy Spirit has given you gifts. Okay. They might be, the, they might be you know, sort of the more wild and, and visible gifts, or they might be the more subtle. You might have the gift of administration. That's a gift of the Holy Spirit, people. You know what I mean? Like without that gift, folks just wander around. I mean, they just, they just wander around. God gives each person different gifts. You are gifted. I was on the phone with a buddy of mine not long ago. And, and please, if this never has happened to you, just lie to me and say that it has. Just for a moment, then we'll repent at the end. Because, because, because I was on the phone with my friend. And we were trying to set up a time to meet, like a, to have a meetup and have a coffee. And so I'm talking to this guy, and, I was, and we're talking. We're trying to get a date on the books. And I'm like, okay. I go, look, let me, let me find my phone. I'll get my calendar. And, um, and there's like a silence on the other end. And it's like right about that point where I'm like, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking into the phone right now, aren't I? All right. So, so some of us, I know this happened to all of you. Just amen. Praise the Lord. It's happened. Um, and and what, what, what I think happens a lot of times in our lives is we actually, the gift is so close to us. 
It is so built into who we are. It doesn't seem like a gift. Like we, we're not even aware that it's ours. You know, you just go, well, that's not a gift. That's just who I am. Well, that's, that's the gift of who you are. All right. God gave you that gift, right? Because he wants you to use that gift. He wants you to develop and discover and deploy that gift for the building up of the body. Because that's what he says in, the, in that scripture again. So look at this scripture again. He says, he says, now to each one of one, the manifestation of the spirit is given. We just read this, right? But for what? For the common good. The gift is for the common good. All right? So watch this. Your gift is for others' good. Their gift is for your good. You see that? He's saying, look, your gift is God is going to give it to you, but he's not giving it for you. Chew on that for a second. He's giving you a gift, but the gift that he's giving you is he's giving it to you, but he's not giving it for you. He's giving it so that you can use it for the good of somebody else. That's what your gift is for. If you get this, if you get this principle and you never set foot in this church again, but you get that principle and you start applying that at your job and in your school and in your family and with your work and in your neighborhood, your life will become transformed and the lives around you will become transformed because you'll start using the gifts that God has given you for the good of others to the glory of God. And when you do that, that's now you're living out your purpose. Now you're living out what God has made you to do and made you to be. That's what he made you to do. That's what he made you to be. We are the body of Christ and each part works together. We all work together. So, so that was the problem actually with the Corinthian church. And I think that's, that was the problem uh, with the, at least the early part of the, of the kind of revivalist movement in the, in the early 1900s is that people got excited about the gift as if the gift was for them, right? And so then they wanted to exercise the gift whether or not it was useful for the other person. Okay? <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm enjoying this. I don't know if you guys are enjoying this. I'll just preach this one to myself this morning, George. So, so they were experiencing these gifts, and then they were like, let me exercise my gift. And they were exercising their gift in ways that was not useful to somebody else. So the Apostle Paul's going, look, man, remember, the gift is to you, but it's not for you. The gift is for somebody else. So use it in a way that will serve them, not better yourself. You will become better as a result of serving somebody else to the glory of God. You will not become better by using your gifts to just show off. Okay? Because I, I can't bless that. I cannot honor that. And so, the, so the, some of the early Corinthians, they were just running around showing their gifts to everybody. Watch my gifts. And it wasn't helpful. In fact, it was counterproductive. Some of them, were, it became disruptive, actually, in the early church. So the Apostle Paul was saying, like, hey, you guys, because... One of them, one of the gifts, and you know, this is the one that gets all, con- all the controversy, the tongues gift, right? And they were starting to do all of that in the church and whatever. Apostle Paul goes, hey, man, nobody knows what you're saying, all right? So if you're going to do that, um, just don't do it like, don't, don't be out at the concession stand, you know, slaying people in the spirit, all right? Because that's not useful to anybody. Some of you guys have no idea what I'm talking about right now. I love you. I praise you. Um, if you're a person that, like, when I was asking at the beginning, like what church background you come from, if you come from no church background, you actually have a leg up on all the rest of us. Because you're not going to have, you're not have to try to get out all of the stuff that you heard and experienced. You're just getting there. Hear the word of God and soak it in, all right? So your gift is, all right, you got it, right? You got this point. All right. Next part. He says this. Look at this. He says, if the whole body were an eye, 
where would the sense of hearing be? If everybody had your gift, if, if, if the whole body were an eyeball, right, the body wouldn't be able to hear. Look at the next one. If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? Right? If you all had that gift, then where would the next one? It says, if they were all one part, where would the body be? It would just be one puzzle piece. It'd be 10,000 single, exactly the same puzzle pieces that do not form an image and that are not connected to each other. He said, it, it's, it cannot, this is not the picture of the church. This is not what God has. Next line, he says this. As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the, the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. So we cannot be, as the church, a place where you go, I don't need you. I don't, I don't get you. I don't like you. I don't want you. You can't say I don't like you if you really genuinely don't, but you still got to love them. But anyway, that's a totally different sermon. Anyway, stay on track. The gift of staying on track this morning. The gift of closing on time. Hallelujah. Thank you. Um, he, he's saying, look, we, we're, we cannot reject each other just because we don't totally get each other. We don't totally understand each other. And, and, and we need to be able to experience... Here's what he's saying. You need to... You need to embrace embrace the gifts that God gave others and exercise the gifts that God gave you so embrace what they're doing because if they're if they're using a gift and if it brings glory he also says test the spirit so like if they're doing something that just isn't part of what if it if it doesn't comply with scripture if it doesn't bring honor to Jesus it's not the work of the Holy Spirit anyway okay but if they're doing stuff that brings glory to God and serves other people, then embrace that because that gift is actually for you. You might have something to learn. You might have something to gain by the exercise of their gift. And by the way, instead of just judging and looking at them, putting your nose down at them, then exercise your gift for their benefit. You with me? So this is what he's calling us to do as a body. He's saying embrace the gifts that others have for you and exercise the gifts that you have for others. I'm going to close with this. I'm going to close with this. I grew up in, uh, you know, I, I've, been in, I've been in both camps, all right, just personally. I've been in both, I've been on both sides of this thing and since I became a Christian. When I was a kid, I grew up in, in a church that was a very expressive, somebody, some, very expressive, <laughs> very enthusiastic. There were some, some, some expressions of the Holy Spirit. And here's the thing, I I experienced some really wonderful, powerful things there, right? There were some excesses. There were some people that went too far and, you know, ran up the walls and stuff, you know, but hey, there was some stuff, right? But hey, I, became, I, I experienced the Lord in that church. I got baptized in that church. I received a call to the ministry in that church as a young man. God, you know, moved in my life in that church. But, but some of the, some of the, you know, some of the excess of it, you know, I kind of, kind of freaked out and I did what the Corinthians did. I threw the baby out with the bathwater. All right. I said, I don't want anything to do with any of y'all because you're all just crazy and I'm out of here. So for another, so for a de over a decade, I was away from the Lord altogether. And when I came back to the Lord, when the, when the Lord 
spoke into my heart and I, and I gave my heart to him, I came back in the, <laughs> the most straight-laced church. I was, at, I was at Mountain View Presbyterian Church in Scottsdale, Arizona. And there was nobody running the aisles at Scottsdale Presbyterian Church in Scottsdale, Arizona, Mountain View Presbyterian. I mean, it was like structure. It was orderly. I was the youngest person by about 20 years. And man, it was like, sing the word, sing the hymn, sit down, speak the word. It was, you know, and you're out. Meet the pastor on the way out. See you later. See you next Sunday. Into your car. But, 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 but I experienced the Lord in that church. I, I experienced the grace of God. I experienced, the, I experienced the Holy Spirit in that church. Now, were they a little too stuffy at times and too stodgy? And maybe, you know, not, not open to the flow of the Spirit? Yeah, right? That's my... <laughs> another story. Never mind. Never mind. Um, but it turns out that God can use the Pentecostals and he can use the Presbyterians and he can use the Baptists and he can use the Lutherans and the Catholics and the Anglicans. You see, he's saying, look, I, I, you know what? If it required him to have perfect vessels in order to operate, man, the Holy Spirit just would, (laughs) he'd just do the rapture. He'd just be like, y'all just come up here. I'll fix everything because you guys are going to mess this up. Okay. Here's what he's saying. If it, if it required us to be perfect in order for him to work, he would never work. The, the power of the Holy Spirit would just not be a thing. There would just be no spirit. Because he can use imperfect vessels to carry a perfect gift. And it requires us to, 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 to work with each other and to love each other and to be humble with each other and to care for each other and to seek out the truth and to seek the clarity of the Holy Spirit in order for him to operate in the world. He's calling us, he's calling us to be one by the power of the Spirit. So I would say if you're over here and you're just like, man, I just was hoping that today we would all just be, you know, slain in the Spirit and speaking in tongues, and you know, right? Then I would say, hey, use the gift for the good of other people, right? And if you're over here going, well, I just need things to be locked down. And I need things to not, I don't want anything. I would say, hey, you're not in control. The Holy Spirit, this is his thing. Okay? He's using us to do his thing. So don't, don't quash them. Right? We got to work together. We got to love each other. We got to allow the Holy Spirit to operate in the various gifts that he has for us. Amen. 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 So. So here's two things I'm going to ask you to do. One is, if, you, if, you, if you're not operating in your gifts, if, you've, if somehow today you go, you know, I need to actually start exercising my gifts and you're not serving in any way, go to step four. Go to step four. Join the team. Figure out what your gifts are. Use them. They might be leadership, administration, serving, hospitality, you know, whatever. Prayer, whatever. Figure out what that is. If this is not your home church, go to your home church. And figure out what your gifts are so that you can use them for the, for the building up the body to bring glory to God, okay? That's the, that's the one thing. The other thing is maybe you're already operating that and God's calling you just to take a deeper dive. He's calling you to take a deeper dive. I'm going to ask you to just pray and say, Father, just help me to discover and help me to develop and help me to de- deploy my gifts that I might build others up, that I might build up the church to bring glory and honor to you. Would you help me do that? 
Because when we do that, y'all, nothing is impossible. When the work of the Holy Spirit is at work in a body and a community of people who are set, who are dead level set on transforming the world to bring praise and glory to God, then we just advance his kingdom. He does the work. We just get to come along and do our part. And that's what he's calling each and every one of us to do. Brothers and sisters, I would have you not be uninformed about the gifts of the Spirit. Let's work together to bring honor, praise, and glory to him. Would you stand together with me now? I'm going to pray for you. And we're going to dismiss almost on time. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. We thank you, God, for operating in our hearts, in our lives, in our minds to bring praise, glory, and honor to you. We pray, Lord God, that we would be like puzzle pieces, cut differently, look differently, working together, Lord, for the common good and for your glory. I pray that each and every one of us would have a transformative experience in our heart because we can't do this without you. We can't. We cannot do something that's divine by, by, by mortal power. We need your power. We need the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives in order to fulfill the purpose for which we were made. So God, we open up our hearts to you. We receive you. We praise you. We give you honor, praise, and glory today. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 God bless you. We'll see you next Sunday. Have a great week.